0: This morning uh, we're going to continue our study, but I want to on the neither give place to the devil, but I want to encourage you this morning. When you're in a battle, you need to look at your resources. If you're going to face an enemy, how are you going to face the enemy? You know the Lord gave us an example, I think, in Luke 14 about a war where. Someone was going to face an enemy who had 20,000 thousand. going to face them with 10,000. Well, you've got to stop and ask yourself the question, how are we going to overcome 20,000 with 10,000? And in our spiritual warfare, we have to ask ourselves the question, how can I face the devil when even the Michael the archangel said, the Lord rebuked thee. And I want to encourage you this morning, it says in First Samuel chapter 17, in verse 47, it says, And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. You know, Paul said, We wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual warfare. For the battle is the Lord's. I want you to mark that down. The battle that you're in is the Lord's and he would give you into our hands. He's the one that gives us the victory in our lives, beloved. First Samuel 17:47. As we think about God, I want us to think about the greatness of God. It says in the in the uh, Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You ever sat around and say, I just don't understand the ways of God. Well, it's very simple. God says, my ways are so above your thoughts. My thoughts are way above yours. You cannot understand my works and my actions. Isaiah says this about God in Isaiah 40:22, "It is he that sit up upon the circle of the earth. How do we know the earth is round? Because God said it was. The circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. Little puny man is like grasshoppers to God, that stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. That's the greatness of our God. He's so above you and I. book of Revelation describes the greatness of God in chapter 19, verse 5. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all you His servants. And all of us here are servants of God. We should be praising God. And ye that fear Him, There should be fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs says. Both small and great, there's none too great or too small that should not give praise to God. Verse 6 says, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Beloved, our God is the control of this world. He's reigning over this world. And He's the Lord of lords and King of kings of this world. He is the Lord. And that's who's on our side. Daniel says in Daniel 435, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. and God's sight, where is nothing? And He doeth according to His will. In the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, whose will is being done on earth? God's will is being done. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Who are we to question God? And now though many times in our unbelief and fear we do, in our hearts we don't understand. I love these verses in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. It's a beautiful verse. This is the Lord speaking to you and I. Thus said the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Don't be glorying in your wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this. This is what you're to glory in. Listen to this that he understandeth and knoweth me. Beloved, if you understand and know God today, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you are really blessed of God to know the true and living God. Because many today don't know God. They don't know Him in His fullness. They don't know Him in His Son. They don't know the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. They don't know the peace of God that passeth all understanding. God said, he that understandeth and knoweth me that I am the Lord which exercised loving kindness. Oh, how many times has God had loving kindness toward you and I? We don't deserve it. Judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. The Lord loves to show his righteousness and justice and loving kindness to his people. What a wonderful God we serve. Are you rejoicing this morning because you know the Lord? To know Him is greater riches. You know, in John John chapter uh, 17, the Lord said this in, in, in one of the verses showing how important this is. These words spake Jesus and lift up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Thy Son that Thy Son also may glorify Thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Notice what he says in verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And what is eternal life? To know the true God. Do you know the true God this morning? That's eternal life and Jesus Christ whom He has sent. Oh, beloved, count it a privilege and honor that you know the true and living God, that you're not worshiping the devil as many are today. They're worshiping demons, false gods, false religions. They're lost and blinded by Satan. Paul said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, whom the God of this world has blinded their eyes, that they don't see what we see. Be thankful if you can see spiritual things today. The Apostle Paul in his prayer in Colossians 1, verses 9 and 10 says this, For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. You should know what God's will is. That's why you need to read God's Word. Why? To know the will of God. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, it takes spiritual understanding. It takes the Holy Spirit to understand the will of God that you might walk worthy unto the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God that should be our daily prayers to increase in the knowledge of God and I'll tell you this you cannot increase in the word of, in the knowledge of God if you don't read the word of God brother Roger brother Dave and myself we challenge you constantly to read God's word on a daily basis and Satan, one of Satan's greatest avenues is to hinder us from reading the Word of God. One of the things is we're too busy with the things of this world. Take time to read God's Word. And remember, the end of all knowledge is what? Conduct. We learn to live a holy and righteous life. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, this Paul, the one of the greatest apostles that ever lived who was filled with the knowledge of God says this, that I might know him. I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death, all oh, that I might know him more and more. Paul wasn't satisfied just with a little bit of knowledge. He wanted to know Christ in his fullness. That should be your desire and my desire spiritually to know the Lord. Don't be content with just reading a few verses and stop. Ask yourself, do I understand what I read? Read it with spiritual eyes, with the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to open up your understanding that you may know the things that God has given to us. As we think about our warfare with Satan and with the devil, the wicked one, the serpent, the old serpent, the next time I preach, I'll be beginning in Genesis chapter 3 that are so much in that chapter. I couldn't get enough understanding of it to bring it this week. That's why I'm bringing this message today to encourage you in your battle with Satan. The first thing we're going to look at is the eternity of God. Oh, what a word, eternal. We can't grasp that. Eternal. God is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no ending. How can you grasp that? We can't. We just believe it. We don't have the mind to grasp that eternity. There's no past with God. There's no present with God. Everything is a future with God. Everything is present with God. Everything. God sees the end from the beginning. What a powerful, wonderful God we serve, Dave. No wonder, James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Why? Because God knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything in between in your life. He can give you the answer to everything you need. Any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. You need an answer, you know where to go to. Go to God. You go to the Father, praying in the name of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit's ministry, you pray to God. When we say God is infinite, we mean that He is infinite in respect to something. Infinitude is not an independent attribute, but it is the element which, when applied to all the attributes of God, make God God, in the words, God is infinite in respect to time. That is God's eternal. Space, that is God's omnipresent. Can you understand that in your mind? That the universe is vast as it is. You see these new pictures. They send of this new telescope they got now out in space. They see all these galaxies, all the stars, all the planets. It's just amazing. And think, God is everywhere present and nowhere absent as Brother Jones and Brother Albert used to say. Everywhere present, God is omnipresent. There's nowhere that you can go that God's not there. Even when you think you're in secret, God is there. He knows everything about us. There is no hiding from God. So when it comes to space, God is omnipresent. When it comes to power, that is, God is omnipotent. God has all power. There's nothing that God cannot do. He can do abundantly, Paul says in uh, Ephesians 3.20, above all that we ask to think. How is that possible? He's omnipotent. He's unlimited. He's the Almighty. Beloved, keep your eyes focused on who God is when you're fighting the enemy. And God said, if God be for us, who can be against us? In reality, when it comes to the final end, no one can be against us. It doesn't mean they don't try but they cannot defeat us because God is on our side, Brother Dave. God is on our side. We have won the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. All these verses are teaching us and encouraging us. We have won the battle. Read Revelation 1 through 22. Beloved, God has won the battle and we're witnessing it. When we look at God's will, in view of His infinity, it means God is a sovereign. His will is sovereign. God does as He wills, when He wills, how He wills, at any time. He don't ask anybody's question. He don't have to ask your permission to do things in your life. He does it. Why? He's a sovereign God. His will is sovereign. He makes the final decision. Not you and I. When it comes to goodness, when it comes to goodness, God is holy. One of His attributes is holy. He's wholly separated from sin. When we think about God, you know, a lot of times we get confused because our understanding there's only one God one God. There's not three gods, two gods, four god, one God manifested or, or uh, consists of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Beloved, it's a great mystery. But it's revealed into us in the Word of God that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit make up the Godhead. That's a marvelous revelation God has given us to understand that. So remember, when it comes to time, God's eternal. When it comes to space, He's omnipresent. When it comes to power, He's omnipotent. He has all power. When it comes to knowledge, He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning and everything in between. God is infinite. He never learns. You know, that's what blows my mind. You know, we learn by progression. We study. We learn. When you're a child, you don't know a stove's hot until you touch a hot stove. Oh, that's hot. You learn by experience. God knows everything. He never learns anything. Now, that's hard for us to comprehend. Knows everything. He sees everything. that's why he's God. And yet we doubt him. Oh, ye of little faith, Jesus said to his apostles. If you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, you can say, Remove this mountain and it'll be gone. Beloved, that just rebukes us of how little faith we really express toward God. When we fear, that's a that's a lack of faith. I hope you can get a little grasp of the greatness of your God this morning. I took this from a book that I have, I thought it was a very good quote. These five forms are space, time, matter, and motion and force. We think about these things. We have space, we have time, we have matter, we have motion, and we have force. That's the laws of nature. The Holy Spirit has given us these five manifestations of God's creative power in the first two verses of the Bible. In the beginning, time, God created the heavens, space, and the earth, matter, and the Spirit of God force moved motion we have all of those in the first few verses of genesis we think about the sovereignty of god when we apply god's infinite infinitude to his control of the universe he had made it means that god's control is infinite that is nothing and no one can limit god's control no one can limit god not the devil not man, not anyone. God's in complete control of everything that's happening. We can take courage in that, that though things are dark. You know, Isaiah said, though I walk in darkness, I'll trust in thee. We are living in dark days, but who are we to trust in in dark days? Our Father. Our Father loves us. Our God is watching over us. He's doing all things for the good of His church and His people. So even though it's dark, even though this world maybe is going to be destroyed one day, we know that the Lord's coming for us and we're going to be raptured out of here and taken up to be with the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. What a great comfort we have in the Lord. God's omnipotence, infinite potential power, God's sovereignty, infinite actual control. God's omnipotence supplies the will of God with all the power it needs to control all that exists so that everything in heaven and earth will bring glory to God. Everything He does, He does for His own glory and honor. Let everything be done for the glory of God. He the glory, of Paul says, let Him what? Glory in the Lord, beloved. It's the Lord's battle, not ours. We're fighting the battle, but ultimately it's the Lord's battle. He wins it through us, as we're going to see. talking about the God's sovereignty. It is not just an attribute, but the chief attribute of God. A.W. Pink, following the Puritans, called God's sovereignty, the Godhood of God, because it is God's sovereignty that makes all the attributes of God work together to accomplish God's will. His sovereignty brings it all together, and he, His purposes will be performed because God is sovereign in everything that He does. That means God is an absolute God. You know, there's very few absolutes in the world, but we serve an absolute God. Everything He says will come to pass. Everything He does will happen because He has the power to perform it. He knows the end from the beginning. There's no surprises with God. There's no accidents with God. There's no such thing as chance with God. We talk about chance. There is no chance in reality. Things don't happen by chance with God. God knows everything. Something don't just sneak up on God and He didn't know about it. He knows everything, the end from the beginning. This means that we cannot strip God of His sovereignty without destroying His deity. If we try to deny God's sovereignty, you might as well deny His deity. If He's not sovereign, He's not God. We serve a sovereign God. A God who has absolute power, absolute control. who's controlling all things and I believe with all my heart He's working all things together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. God is in control, beloved. Take encouragement this morning. It may seem dark and it may be things you don't understand in your life. There may be things discouraging us. But remember, in the ultimate end of all things, we will win the victory. We've won. No wonder the revelation it says, hallelujah, hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Take courage in that. Take comfort in that. God ruleth over all. He's sovereign in everything. Not some things, but everything. Even sin, God is sovereign over sin. He's sovereign over the devil. The devil had to get permission to touch Job, showing that God was sovereign over the devil. Satan had to get permission to touch Job. He has to get permission to touch you and I because God ultimately rules the world, the universe, everything. And He loves His people with an everlasting love. He said, therefore, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. Declaring the end, it says in Isaiah 46, declaring the end from the beginning. Boy, what a wonderful God we serve. It's amazing, I tell you. Our lack of faith, sometimes, uh, even my lack of faith, and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done saying, "My counsel shall stand, I will do all my pleasure. Human knowledge must progress from the beginning to the end. Divine knowledge already knows the end from the beginning. <laughs> See, God is so vast above you and I. His thoughts as we think about think about these things. God the Father. Oh, how we should love the We can call God Father. What a what a blessing that is. When we pray, we can pray and say, Our Father, that's a personal being. More than just saying God. We can say, God, my Father. What a blessing that is. Has I just read this, quoted this first? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, to them who are called according to His purpose. Whose purpose? God the Father. For whom He did foreknow, the Father, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, Moreover, whom He did predestinate, the Father, them He the Father also called, Whom He the Father called, them He the Father also justified. Whom He the Father justified, them He the Father glorifies. Beloved, there is no losing of God's people. There is no such thing as falling from grace. He begins it. He finishes it. It says in Philippians, He that hath started a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You're not going to miss out on heaven. You're going to heaven, beloved. If you're a child of God, you're on your way to glory. It could be the day we die, it could be tomorrow, we don't know the day of our death, but we know one thing for sure, we're headed to glory. He rejoicing in that. If we die, we absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. Our loved ones who have died, they are with the Lord. They're not dead, they're living, they're in existence. Sometimes we think about them being over there in the graveyard. They're not in the graveyard, their bodies in the graveyard, but they're so in spirits with the Lord in the presence of God. And I personally believe, this is my personal belief, that they have a temporary body while they're waiting on the resurrection of their body. When the time comes for the trumpet to sound and they leave glory in their soul and spirit, they'll come and their body will be reunited. You say, why, why do you say that? Well, when Moses appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration, he didn't appear in a spirit. He appeared in a body, but his body was still in the graveyard. I believe we're given a temporary body until the day of the resurrection. That's my personal belief based upon that. Our loved ones are in heaven. They're in existence. They're alive. They're alive. They're not dead. Get that in your mind. Your mother, your father, your loved ones that are gone, they are as much alive as we are. God told the saints of old, God is not the God of the dead, but the living Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were living. He wasn't the God of dead, but the living spirits of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Beloved, it's wonderful to believe God, to trust God, to know God. We have won the victory. No wonder Paul says in Romans 8, 31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against an almighty God? Satan is not almighty. He's powerful, but he's not almighty. There's no comparison. There's no comparison. Some believe believe that the devil is uh, eternal and that God's eternal and that they're equal. No, there's no equal. There's only one God. One God who's over all, blessed forever. Satan is his... God uses Satan as he pleases. Oh, beloved, remember that no weapon is formed against you shall prosper. Nothing that Satan purposes to do, he can never touch you apart from God's permission. Rejoice in that fact. If it wasn't for that, we would be destroyed already. They would have killed Jesus in His earthly ministry before He went to the cross. They tried to a few times, throw Him off the cliff, throw Him off here to kill Him, to stone Him. They wanted to kill Him. Satan did, but he couldn't do nothing apart from God's permission. Then finally said, God gave him permission to nail him to the cross, to make atonement for our sins, that we might be freed, justified, cleansed from all our unrighteousness, from all our sins, and one day be with Him in glory. The Lord is waiting for the day when we all come home and be with Him. God says in verse 32, And He spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him freely give us all things? Is there anything you need? God says, I'm going to freely give it to you because of My Son. What's greater gift than giving you My Son? Anything that you need is not as great as My Son. I'll give it to you. You need grace? I'll give you grace. You need strength? I'll give you strength. You need forgiveness? I'll give you forgiveness. You need cleansing? I'll cleanse you. You need strength, I'll give you. You need faith, I'll increase your faith. Beloved, everything we need has been given us in Jesus Christ. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justified. We've been justified in the court of God and legally from eternity. Free. Free. Hallelujah. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 1.11, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him. God has a purpose in everything He does. Of Him who worketh, notice this, listen, who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. Beloved, He's working everything in our lives according to His will. Do we believe that? Or do we believe things just happen by chance? Or do we believe that God's working in our lives? Everything that comes into your life is either to strengthen you or to humble you. God knows how to bring us down. God knows how to lift us up. Remember the story, of, well, we'll get into that later. So we see the promises of God are our encouragement. The faithfulness of God, beloved in this warfare, God is faithful to you and I. First Corinthians 10:13 says, "There is no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. We're all tempted. Don't think that you're the only one. Poor me, I'm the only one that's going through temptation. No, every one of us is going through temptation. There's not a believer here this morning who's not going through temptations and trials in their daily Christian walk with God. We all face them. That's what Paul says here. There is no temptation taking you, but such is common to your man, to your brothers. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able." In the words, you won't be tempted above your strength that God gives you because God is your strength. But will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it or endure it. You say, what do I do if I fail in temptation? You confess it. The blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Is there anyone here this morning can say that you haven't sinned this week? As for anyone here who says, you don't need to be cleansed. Beloved, we all need the cleansing of the blood of Christ daily in our lives. All of us. We stand as sinners before God. We do the best we can. We try to obey God. But some way we sin in word and deed or thought. Sins of omission, sins of commission. Things we should do, we don't do. Things we shouldn't do, we do. We need the great high priest, Jesus Christ, to plead our call in heaven. As we learned in First John, we need an advocate with the Father. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous, He runs to our side there and pleads His blood, and we confess it, and the Father forgives us for His Son's sake. Isn't that wonderful, Brother Dan? God has provided all your needs. No matter what you need, God has provided it. We all need cleansing Daily. cleansing daily it says in lamentations 3 21 and 23 beautiful verses we need to meditate on these verses he said this I recall to my mind therefore have I hope you ever been to the place sometimes where you feel like you don't have any hope we can you can be there you can get beat down so bad it is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed beloved if God didn't keep us we would be consumed by the devil Because His compassions fail not. God's always, He's a compassionate God. Aren't you glad we serve a God who's compassionate and who's not trying to destroy us with His wrath? He loves us with an everlasting love. He wants to be compassionate. He shows compassion to His people. His compassions fail not. Notice the next verse. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. Lamentations 3 verses 21 through 23. Great is thy faithfulness. They're new every morning because we sin every morning. We need compassion every morning, Brother Dave. Be honest with God. You can't hide your sins from God. He knows you backwards and forwards. He knows everything about us. He knows every thought, every every unlawful desire. He knows everything in us. Thank God His compassions are new every morning. Here's a promise in 1 Kings 8, 56. We can take encouragement from this. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto His people, Israel, according to all that He has promised. There hath not failed one word of all His good promise which He promised by the hand of Moses, His servant. And I'll say this by the authority of God. There has not failed one promise of the Word of God in the New Testament that God has made known through Jesus Christ to you and I. Not one of His promises has failed. Not one of them has failed. We can be sure that every promise God has promised you and I, it will be performed in our lives. Omnipotent God, the Almighty God, here's the verse that we can cling to as God's people. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's a promise. That's, a, that's something Paul revealed to us. Paul said, I can do all things. But he gave the qualification through Christ. He's the one strengthening me but I can do it only because of Christ. You can live the Christian life, not because of yourself, but because of Christ. Don't say, well, I would join the church, I would follow Christ, but I can't do it. Yes, you can through Christ. You can say through Christ I can be obedient. Through Christ I can serve God. Through Christ I can be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And if I fail, I've got a fountain filled with blood drawn from the man's veins to cleanse me if I fall. Hallelujah. You can't lose the battle, beloved. God has provided everything we need Is His people. God's unlimited power working through His sovereign will. He says in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. And as we've seen before, that strength is omnipotent. It's omnipotent strength. He's the Almighty Lord, Almighty God. You're not coming to just a small God. You're coming to an infinite God, a God of all power, all strength, almighty. Nothing you ask, He can do anything that you ask to do. Oh, beloved, get your faith on the true and living God. Get your faith on the greatness of God and not on your unbelief and fear. Fear has blinded you. It blinds us. God's unlimited knowledge of all things and His unlimited power. Think about that. This is, these verses are so powerful if we could just get them in reality in our lives. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly that means super abundantly. Above all that we ask or think, according to what? The power that worketh in us. That can be translated according to the power that's operating in us. Whose power is operating in us? The almighty power of God. God's power is operating in us. Oh, beloved, what a blessing that is. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Do you need wisdom? Ask of God this morning. Here's an example. As I said before, Apostle Paul was one of the greatest apostles who ever lived. Now, how did Paul face his problems? He prayed about it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 and 9, Paul says, And least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. At least I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, beloved, though Paul was weak, though Paul was at the end of himself, God said, Lord Jesus said to Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for your needs. When you go through something in your life, if you're going through a battle, say, by the grace of God... Jesus is saying to you, My grace, little child, is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect. At your weakest point, I'm your strength. You're never to the place where you're without God. We can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man should do unto me. You never reach a point in your Christian life where God's not there to help you. Remember that God is always with you. He said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Who's your helper? The Lord. God Almighty. Take encouragement in that, beloved. We need to remind ourselves of these basic truths, as David said this morning, some basic things we need to remind ourselves of. Peter said, I stir up your pure minds. I hope this morning that God will stir up your minds to keep your eyes on the Lord, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. My grace. Jesus said, my strength, I created the world. And the creation is being upheld by the word of my power. This is our God. I am all over all things to the assembly, he says in Ephesians. Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. When you're weak, that's when the power of Christ is resting upon you. And you can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Paul says, my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will supply your needs. He will fill you to the full. Every need will be supplied. Paul says in 1 Corinthians one thirty-one that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Beloved, that's who we should be glorying in this morning. In the Lord. And in closing give you one more example of Romans 8:28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose for good remember the story of Jacob Jacob cried all things are against me he looked at the outward facts providence of God and he says all things are against me Paul said all things are working together for your good Jacob at that time could not see that all things was working together for his good. He thought he lost Joseph. Now he thinks he may lose Benjamin. He says, all things are against me. But the Word of God says, no, Jacob. All things are working together for your good. You're going to be brought over into Egypt, and God's going to supply all your needs, and you're going to die a good old age. But he couldn't see this. He see, had got in. Unbelief had crept in. In Genesis 50, 20, Joseph said, But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good. To bring to pass it is this day to save much people alive. See, God has a purpose in everything that he does in this world. Genesis 45, 5 says, For God did send me before you to preserve life. Who sent Joseph down that path? Who sent Joseph when he was in prison? Who brought Joseph up and set him on the next of the throne? God did. He had everything under His control. Verse 7 says, And God sent me before you to preserve you a prosperity. Jesus had to come through the tribe of Judah. God preserved Judah. The one day in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. He came to die for us. God preserved that, those people, that line, that Judah, line of Judah, by preserving Israel. See, God saw the end from the beginning. He says in verse 8 of chapter 45, Now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. That way you can see a little resemblance how God works all things together for our good. We don't quite understand some things in providence. You say, why is this? I don't understand it. Remember what Isaiah said, What time I walk in darkness or trust in Thee? Try to trust in the Lord no matter no matter how it looks, no matter how dim it may look to you. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, may we pray. Our gracious and loving Father, we thank You for this time of looking into Thy Word. We thank You for Your encouragement. We thank You that we serve such a wonderful, omnipotent, holy, sovereign God. Forgive us for our unbelief. Forgive us for our lack of faith. And I pray that You will help us to fight the good fight of faith, as Paul did. Oh, Lord, that we might be faithful unto death as they were in the book of Revelation, who loved not their lives unto death, were willing to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, forgive us our sins from this day. Bless us with Your presence. Increase our strength. Increase our faith that we might walk holy before You in fear and trembling, and that we might glorify You in all that we do in word and deed. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give thanks. Amen.